for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Justin and I are bringing you another coffee call this week. And today we're going to dive into the new products that we really want to try for next year. We had uh, had someone reach out to us and, and really wanted to know what we were going to dive into as far as products for next year. And I thought it'd be a good good topic to cover just because you know we're fresh off the ata show when everybody launches their new new gear and i thought we could dive into that today what do you think about it yeah it's some pretty cool stuff uh i personally did not go to ata um everybody out of the office did but i don't think you did either right no nope so. i didn't get a chance i was actually trying to fill my last tag in, in uh ohio so yeah same here i was still hunting iowa but I don't know. It's all on YouTube, and there's a lot of videos about these reviews, you know, on on the stuff we're going to talk about, as well as a lot of other products that we're not going to have time to touch on. But uh, like Aaron said, these are just a few of the things that have kind of caught our eye, and uh, <clears throat> you know that, that we're going to try to put some effort into using. Because I mean, who doesn't love new stuff? Especially if it makes your life easier yep. or makes you more accurate, lets you shoot farther, you know, whatever the case may be. So, what's what's first on your list? So first on my list is something that was creating a pretty big buzz, I think, at ATA from what I've heard. And it is the new Lone Wolf IV slash VG arrow inserts. Yep. Um, I saw that This too. one, when it came out, yeah, and when it came out, I was really, there was a lot of like, <laughs> I don't know, there was a lot of things I was like, well, there's no way that's going to be effective at all. And so to kind of give a little rundown of what it is, so... Lone Lone Wolf Custom Gear came out with arrow inserts this year, and there's two of them. So there's one that goes on the broadhead side, and then there's one that goes on the knock side. And they are vented. So they have a venting system that allows blood to flow through the arrow shaft and out the knock side of the arrow. And this is only true if it's, you know, a non-pass-through hit. So that's what they've designed this for. So... You know, a lot of guys, they'll get good penetration, but it won't go all the way through. And it's, you know, it might be a high shot or something and they just don't get a lot of blood. So this, this is designed to have blood flow through the arrow shaft out the knock point so you can get essentially a blood trail. Right. But when I looked at it, it's very, you know, bulky on the front and I think it adds 72 grains to your arrow. I think that's the full system, both knocks. Um so which helps with your FOC, you know, your front of center. So if you think, you know, FOC in a, in a roundabout way is like you think of a dart, you know, and why you want your arrow to be weighted heavier in the front is because the arrow is going to follow that weight. Um, that's kind of the best way I can describe it right now, just in short term. Uh, so this this arrow insert, I was like, this is, this is sweet. Like this is technology I hope would take off. And so... A lot of people might be thinking right now, well, you know, if it's vented, you know, once you get into the meat and the tissue and everything, it's just going to close those vents. Well, not necessarily. So they have designed a technology called fluting. I think that's what it is, fluting technology that 
it ensures that the vents don't get clogged by the meat or the hair or any organs or tissues. So the way that the way that the insert on the broadhead side is is fluted or cut, um, you'd have to check it out. But it 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 makes sure that it does not get clogged. Um, so yeah, and and one of the big things that they discovered while they were testing this out is it was like kind of a it was a accident by accident they at 40 yards they were actually shooting three inches higher they were shooting flatter and more accurate because you know this uh this insert on the broadhead side it actually creates a vortex so it takes more air off of the arrow and creates less drag so your arrow is actually shooting flatter and more accurate and um I guess you're supposed to get better penetration, which is kind of hard to believe, though, because it's kind of bulky, like I said. Yeah, and it's, like, in theory, like, it's hard to explain and it's hard to visualize if you haven't seen this thing yet. But, you know, the physics behind it, I think, is the same principle as, like, the way drafting works. Like, if you get behind a tractor trailer on the highway or, you know, in a NASCAR race, everybody's so close together. Like, that guy in the front is... You know, he's breaking wind first. You know, he's taking all the drag, and then everybody else benefits from that reduction in drag. So this thing on the this insert, like Aaron said, it's 75 grains, but and it looks – it kind of looks – I don't want to say ridiculous because it sounds like it works pretty damn good, but it's not something that you would think twice about putting on your arrow if you didn't know what it was doing. But right. this thing's like the tractor-trailer, and – your arrow shaft is like the car. Like this thing is breaking all that wind, you know, and taking the drag off the arrow shaft, like Aaron said, you know, it stabilizes faster. It actually shoots faster and you're getting better groups at, at those longer ranges, 30, 40, not even a longer range, just any, any shot. Yep. Fact is they're all hitting higher. Right. And they're shooting, like they said, they're shooting more accurate and getting better speeds out of their bows as well. Yeah. So, you know, and to go to some of what possibly could be cons of this, in my eyes, would be noise would be one. Yeah. Um, testing it against a deer's ear, not a human, but a deer and what they can hear. I don't know if they've done that. Um, they say, I guess they said it's not loud, not any louder than what an arrow would be, you know, normally. Um, the other thing is, which some guys, I just listened to a podcast, Bowhunter Chronicle podcast, they came out and they were talking about this arrow as well, and they came up. They they brought up a good point that I didn't think about, and you know now with these with these vents and these arrows, you know what if what if you get some sort of mud or um, rain, you know, in this arrow, is that going to change your FOC or is that going to change your grains at all? So that'd be another thing I'd be kind of leery about, but it's something definitely I'm going to look into. I think they're going to retail at somewhere around twelve or thirteen dollars a piece per arrow yep. um so you'll get two you know one one for each side that'll be a set of yeah. the arrow so it'll be interesting to see yeah it will be um i think it's one of those things that if people kind of take to it and start having success with it again like, there's no reason to to shy away from stuff that's going to make you better more efficient more effective so i right. think if it if it's received by the consumers as as well as they hope it's going to be then and I think it's something you might see a lot more of and possibly even more manufacturers, you know, designing similar products. Definitely. Well, cool. Let's move on. I mean, we spent nine, 
roughly nine minutes on that one, and we want to keep this a shorter podcast. So let's move on. What is your the first one on your list? Um, man, just because I spent so much time with it this year, I think I would go with that that insights pack that we talked about in a I don't know what episode it was, but um, so insights is a is a relatively new brand of packs that's out there, and they're available. In, in retail stores, um, I know Simmons is a big one that carries them. Um, they're on Amazon. You know, you can find these things just about anywhere right now. But um, the one I used a lot this year, just because I was running and gunning, you know, a lot of my sets were hanging hunts this year. Um, it's the Vision Bow Pack. And what it is is a backpack with a bow case built onto it. Um, I saw this thing, I think, four years ago at ATA when they were – like in the design stages of this thing. And, uh, you know, it caught my eye then just because being a cameraman, like I wanted to see a backpack that could take my hunting gear and my camera gear. And that's where this design started. And it just evolved into this where it's, there still are parts of this backpack that integrate, you know, the user friendliness that we look for as camera guys. But it, the, the most obvious thing is the bow, the bow holder on it. So if you imagine a soft bow case, you know, that zips and you cut that thing in half um, laterally, I guess, like the short way <clears throat> and attach that part of the case to a backpack, that's what this thing looks like. And for me, I was actually using this as a way to get my tree stand in. I would carry my bow and put the stand in the bow holder. Um, it's just, you know, instead of having to wear one on your chest or wear your backpack, or wear the stand on your back and strap everything to it. This has everything built into one, and that was just something I found, you know, as dual purpose. You know, you can throw your bow in there if you're just going to a stand or if you're traveling. Um, but I started putting my tree stand in it, and it just made it a lot more comfortable to carry, a lot quieter. There's nothing banging on the metal uh, on the platform. And, uh, you know, it's got some other cool features. It's got a a quiver holder on it. It's kind of like a pouch that hangs a little bit lower down the side of the pack, um, kind of like where those side pockets would normally be. But instead of being attached directly to the backpack, like on the material, it's attached with um, a strap that's adjustable for length. So you just slide the top end of your quiver in there full of arrows, your fletching stick up, and then you can secure them to the side of the pack. So I mean, just like if you're if you're packing out meat or if you're just on a spot in stock, you know, you don't need access to that stuff immediately all the time. It stows away nice. One thing I noticed about this that was a huge uh, factor for me was how comfortable the straps were. They're nice and wide. The pack sits high on your back. It doesn't, like, weigh you down. It doesn't sit in your lower back at all. Um, it's got a waist strap. Um, you know, the... The only question I would have, um, and that there may be an answer to this, I just don't know it, is if it qualifies as, uh, I don't know what the right word is, uh, a certified case. Like I know in states like Illinois, yep. you're supposed to have yeah. your bow in a case if you're in a vehicle. So I, I don't know if this is certified for that. Um, I think we're going to try to get one of the guys from Insights on the podcast here for a full episode, and that's something we can ask them. Yeah, that's a big one that uh, I was kind of worried about too because I really want to dive into this this pack as well. It's something next year I'm definitely going to be using because you know we've been talking about it the last week or so where I want to do some sets this year with a run and gun, and I'm going to get a little more into that and 
the stuff that I want to try to make running gunning a little little better for me and what I'm going to kind of break into that you know that realm of hunting with but I agree I mean I would use that pack just like you did with a stand I'd put a stand in and carry my bow in and it and it holds on to your sticks as well right you had a good good uh, spot on there where you could put your sticks or your climbing method whatever you're using yeah I I would use the sticks and uh, sometimes I was carrying four sometimes five but um, you know I, I was utilizing that that arrow quiver holder because there's one on each side of the pack so I could put my arrows in that on one side and then strap all my sticks together you know cinch them down tight and then stick them into the uh, the, the quiver pouch on the other side of the pack and strap those up just the same way so everything is stored horizontally against your back there's nothing low like i was saying um you know it does have that those those straps on the bottom to where you could roll up your your jacket or your vest or some some extra pants or you know whatever like if you're walking in and you want to keep those layers light until you're set up um there's just a lot of functionality to it there's plenty of straps to to get a lot of equipment in there and it still does function as a normal backpack. Um, it's got two two compartments, I guess, of the backpack. Uh, you know, your main your main pouch there that's like you would expect in any backpack. And then the, the front pouch actually is kind of a smaller mirror image of that larger section. But they also have on the inside a system that uh, has, has those adjustable straps on it. So when you hang that backpack up in the tree, that front pouch actually folds all the way down, opens all the way up and folds down to where it acts like a shelf for you. Um, there's a pouch inside. So once it's open all the way like that, nothing can fall out of it. There's a piece of mesh on the inside of that front zipper pocket. I don't know if I'm explaining it thoroughly or not, but if you can, no, I, if, I, I totally get it. It's like okay. a shelf that folds out that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's just a, it seems like there's a lot of thought into it and into the design of it. So, um, yeah, for sure. And I haven't even seen what they've come up with this year. Did they have anything new come out this year? Um, I think I think what they did this year was just uh, some different color options. It's been available in in Realtree. Um, all the ones I have are in Realtree Edge, but I think they came out with some solids this year. And I I'm I'm not sure about any other design aspects of it. I haven't seen the brand new ones yet. Okay. Well, like you said, we were going to have them on the podcast. We're getting that in the works right now and talking to those guys. So, and that's another thing, like in Michigan with a certified bow case, we have to have our bow in a bow case at all times, like in a vehicle. So that's going to be one of my big questions as well, but I don't need it for a bow case. Cause like I said, for running gun setups, or even if I'm not doing running gun, take it out of your case, then put it in the pack and then you can take it in. And that eliminates a bow rope as well. If you don't, you know, don't like using a bow rope or so there's a lot of a lot of cool, unique stuff that 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 pack uh, that does. So I'm I'm interested to get it. Definitely, it's because I, I I felt like it was a huge part of my mobility this year. Just being able to take everything. Yeah. I mean. Yep. It was it worked pretty awesome. Well, moving on. My next thing is so I've been using a Spot Hog Fast Eddy XL uh, single pin adjustable slider sight. So. I've I've loved it, but they came out with the Fast Eddie XL um, double pin system now. Last year it would have been 2018. So I just got my site back from Spot Hog. I sent it in, and they converted it for me. So 
to break this down, what it is, is it's still adjustable, but it's got two pins. So you've got your, in their, in their vertical pins, um, it's got the one pin and then underneath of it, it's got another pin right, I mean, I don't know how far it is. I've never really measured the gap, but I would say halfway down the post, there's another pin. So what I like about that is I still like having, you know, less pins and adjustable so I could shoot up to however far I really want to. But um, the the marker, you know, so when you dial your dial your sight to the right mark or to the right yardage, it's got two markers. So if your if your top pin's on twenty, then your bottom pin might fall into like thirty five or thirty three. It depends on the shooter and the bow and everything like that. Okay. To my understanding, so let's say you have a deer coming in and you're set at 20 yards. If you know that, let's say your second pin's at 35 and you know, in the rut, a lot of guys don't like to use the single pins because they're like, well, what if I'm at full draw and the deer makes a move and then goes some, you know, and I can't, I got to let down and rearrange and move. Well, this takes that out of there, the guesswork out. So if you know where your pins are at, you know, if that first one's at 20, let's say your second one's at 35, if you're at full draw and that deer makes a move and goes out a little farther, you know, you should know your distances around your stand. You know, those should have been ranged and pre-ranged and everything. So you should have a good idea and you won't have to let down and adjust. You can either gap shoot like a lot of people do with multiple pins or, you know, just use that second pin. If he goes to 35 yards or close yep. to it, you can use your second pin. So I'm really excited about using that. Now, a couple things on that. Uh, it is micro adjustable. It's got second and third access micro adjust. It's toolless. It's you don't need a tool to to adjust it. Um, it's silent. I mean, this thing when you're when you're adjusting, you can't. You know, there's no grinding or anything. It's very smooth. It's got a lock-in yardage knob. So when you do get to that, you know, range that you want, you can quick and just turn it a little bit, and it locks it in. Your flight's not going to move. Uh, like I said, it's got the double double pointer, double pin configuration. So it's got two pins, but it's got two pointers for your yardages. It's all aluminum construction. And I don't know, I just feel like it's going to be pretty dialed. And I use the dovetail. So for anybody that doesn't know what a dovetail is, it's you have a mount that goes on your riser. And then there's usually a quick set, uh, quick set screw that you can, um, for putting in a case or something like that, you can... Uh, take that quick set and loosen it and pull your whole sight off your bow. And then if you, as long as you put it back in the same notch when you go back to shoot from what you sighted it in it, you are dialed. It doesn't do anything to your bow. Um, a lot of guys look like, oh, you're taking your sight off your bow. Yeah, but, I mean, as long as you're, like I said, using the same mark when you tighten it back on your bow, you're good to go. So that's my that's my pretty big adjustment for uh, for this fall as far as, you know, the gear that goes on my bow and everything. Right. That's cool. I mean, that's like you said, you, you were able to send your site in and have it upgraded. So if it's something you want to check out, you don't need to go buy an entirely new site. You just send them what you got. It comes back with a second pin with all the adjustments that, that you need. And you can throw it back on that dovetail knowing that nothing else has changed other than having added another pin. Yeah, it it did cost me a little bit to get it converted, but it wasn't really that much at all. And, um, you know, the housing I had before, so I had a one pin, just adjustable. They let you keep that one pin as well. So it's, you know, if you don't like the double pin, you have that one pin still. I can put that right back on 
and just use the one pin marker and I'm good to go. So I essentially I have, I can go from one pin or I can go to a double pin if I want, if I don't like to look at the double pin. Right. That's cool. Yep. So what's next on your list? Man, I'm just, I've, I've seen so many of these things just watching the YouTube videos because I wasn't there. But, um, you know, one thing I thought was cool is um, just kind of an upgrade to a product. Uh, Wasp broadheads are now partnered with Havilon. They're in, they're using Havilon blades on their broadheads this year. And I, don't know I if, saw that. I don't know if you ever used a Havilon knife before, but, man, that'll... That'll open you up quick. <laughs> I have, and it's literally surgical. They are surgical knives. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, again, nothing life-changing, but uh, you always want the sharpest broadhead you can get. And the replaceable blades, I think they went to an aluminum furl this year. Um, again, just one of those American-made companies. I think they're out of um, Massachusetts, if I remember right, but... Family-owned business, small shop. I mean, they do everything themselves, and I mean, it's just a. To me, that's the that's the cool stuff. That's what I want to look at. Yeah. That, that's where my money goes. Like we talked about with ABB, it's like stuff's made right here. Local guys, you know, that are in the industry that also hunt that they understand what the need is and and why it's out there. Like why the demand is there. Right. So, um, to see those broadheads, you know, to see wasp kind of step up the blade game with a company like Havilon, you know, it's just one more, one more check in the pro column for me with, with Wasp Broadheads. Right. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how those blades work out for you. And, and if they really are surgical, like a Havilon, then you almost wonder if they might be too sharp. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that, I think that could be a thing where they could be too sharp. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, that's, I think there's there's probably going to come a point where durability is sacrificed, you know, as far as the cons go for something like that. I mean, like I said, I haven't shot them. I haven't even had my hands on them. But just to know that there is a sharper blade out there from somebody who's already making one of the sharpest blades on the market was kind of a, you know, oh, cool moment for me. Right. Other than that, I mean, that's there's always new stuff. I mean, it's just it seems like it's so hard to keep up with with what's new every year, you know, like it's right. It, it hasn't been until recently that you start seeing a brand new bow design every year. You know, it was every two or three years or four years or whatever, like, like vehicles. But now it's like, mm-hmm. there's always improvements to make on just about anything you could ask for. So it's, it's really hard to keep up with it all. Yep. It really is. And, you know, I, tr- the way I try to do it is, if it makes if it if it can give me an extra inch in what I'm doing and it's effective then I'm going to try to try to switch it up a little or even just try it so it's like you know the the arrow inserts for instance you know this year when I when I shot Jim Abbott I did not get a pass here I hit him high now granted he he didn't you know did he didn't die but that could have been an instance where I probably could have had more blood you know what I mean yep. and um I don't know it's just one of those things that you know, that a lot of people have hit deer high or hit deer where there hasn't been a pass through. And, you know, this might be the answer. Is this the, is this the right version? I don't know yet. Um, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. I feel like Yeah. the next thing is, um, for me, and this is kind of different than the arrow aspect, like on the different side of the spectrum, but boots, 
man, I oh, yeah. I have not found the right boot yet. Like, cause I am a diehard knee high rubber boot guy, and I've tried so many boots. I literally the last five years have went through a pair of boots a year, and trying different ones, and I cannot hone in on a pair of boots that I'm excited about yet. So if anybody out there can DM me and give me some suggestions on boots, um, I um I'd love it. The, the boots that I've got my eye on right now is muck boots. Uh, I used to use them um, back when I was in high school, and they, they did really well then, but I don't know what they've evolved to since. But I need some suggestions on boots, and that's something I'm really going to put a lot of time and effort and money into this year's boots going forward. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. That's, you know That just speaks to your staying power. If you're in a wet environment or just a super cold environment, or even if it's a dry environment and you don't need insulation, I mean, what's what are you looking for out of a boot for different situations? You know, insulated, not insulated, Gore-Tex, you know, rubber, knee-high, you know, six-inch top. Like, I think I have as many pairs of boots in my closet as my wife has shoes, and <laughs> it's like, I, I, it's funny to say that, and I, I don't, I don't wear them all all the time, but. I wear them for different reasons, for different places I'm going or different things I'm doing. So it's, I don't know, it's one of those things that we just kind of go back and forth at each other with. And, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. Yep, I agree. And that's one thing, like you said, staying power and just being comfortable. And yeah, that's, that keeps you in the stand longer, yep, you know. For sure. Or, or on like a spot and stock situation. I mean, you know, you're not going to want to wear rubber boots if you're, stalking mule deer in august so i mean it's one of those things yeah. you just got to find the right boot for the right application and um i'm like you though you know those knee-high rubber boots are the kind of the go-to uh you know especially come deer season just because sometimes you don't know what you're going to get into you know water crossings or you know a lot of guys wear them for scent control because you know as you're walking you know that's where all your scent is is on your legs and like as you're walking through brush, I'm saying like all that stuff yep. rubs off and it's just, it's just one of those things. It's, if that's your system, then that's your system. And that's, you know, that's your thing. You're not going to deviate from that because that's what you feel contributes to your success. Right. Yep. And then I guess we're almost up on time here, but I got one more thing and, you know, we've kind of been beaten every, all the listeners to death with the run and gun kind of thing, but it's something that's very interesting to uh, not only me and you, but actually a lot of people in the hunting industry. So that's, you know, what we've been kind of focusing on, but the next year, whether it's, I don't know whether it's two or three sits, I'm going to do it. And, or it could be, it won't be the whole year because I've just got areas that I want to put set stands in and just leave them because I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to, but there's some areas out there on some of my farms that I'm not going to touch until I go in, you know, not even in the summer. It's just out of sight, out of my, I, I, I think about it, but it's like, I'm going to go in at the right time and I'm going to hunt and I'm going to set a stand and I'm going to hang it. I'm going to hang the stand and I'm going to hunt it. So to combat that, the stand that I'm going to use this year is a millennium M7 Microlite. And for a lot of people that not familiar with Millenniums, in my opinion, they're the most comfortable stand out there. But 
they don't offer a lot of stands for like the run and gun like a lone wolf does like they they do a lot of catering to that or muddy you know or uh hawk they do a mm-hmm. lot of catering to the run and gun setup guys so this was the option that i wanted to try with a millennium and to kind of break down some of the things with it is it's only eight pounds it's got a really comfortable seat on it it's uh all aluminum it holds up to 300 pounds, so you could have a 300-pound guy on it. Um, the seat height is 20 inches. The platform's pretty small. It's a smaller tree stand. It's uh, The width is 20 and a half by uh, 26 in diameter. Um, it's, it's a powder coat finish. Uh, it's got backpack straps on it and everything, but I feel like it's going to be small enough where I can put it in that Insights pack and really go in quiet and efficiently so what i'm going to do is so whoever you know a lot of people like i said might not be familiar with the millennium setup so they the way they work is they have a receiver that you put on the tree first before you hang the stand where you want the tree and it's a female end and uh that's got a ratchet strap on it well i'm going to do a little modification to it i'm going to still use that receiver but i'm going to eliminate the ratchet strap i'm actually going to get a climbing rope adapter um i can picture it in my head i can't remember what the name of it is but it's like a six inch adapter that people for climbing use and i'm going to put that on there and then with a climbing carabiner and then i'm going to put like a pull tight strap basically like a lone wolf would have yeah so i can eliminate that ratchet strap so that's just another uh, sound um sound modification i'm going to make so you know, when you get up there, the deer don't hear you ratcheting if they're close. Yeah, probably a little. So that's going to be a little a, less weight too. I mean, you eliminate the the material in that ratchet mechanism itself. Yeah. You know, if you're carrying four or five sticks, you know that might end up being a couple, two, three pounds. So that's it's a good idea. Yeah, and the climbing sticks I'm going to use. Millennium just came out last year with these M250 climbing sticks, and they're uh, a set of four of them. They're two and a half pounds each. So a set of four sticks are, you know, right around two to two and a half pounds. So it's going to be anywhere from eight to 10 pounds for a set of four. So with an eight pound stand and let's just say a 10 pound sticks, you're roughly at 18 pounds and, you know, running gun, a lot of those guys are really particular on the weight. So I feel like that's on the lower end, you know, so the weight is, you know, there's not a lot there, but they're 32 inches in length, and uh, they have alternating steps. The only downside I can see them having is, you know, a lot of the lone wolf sticks and everything, the steps, you can swivel them up to pack them better. These ones you can't. They're set. They're welded in. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how those work out. And then also what I'm going to do is I'm going to use, like, a stealth strip or some sort of hockey tape or something to put tape all over them to... Uh, to knock down on the you know metal on metal contact but okay. other than that those those are my those are my big upgrades i would say for uh for next year yeah like i said it's it's hard to pick which ones to go for but just if you see something that you want to try do, do a little bit of research on it and you know think about why it's going to make you better um if, if you don't like it you can always take it off or you know give it to somebody else to try um but you're yep. not you're not going to know until you do it so Yep. Unfortunately, it just all costs money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like where do you cross that, or where? It's like where do you draw that line, and how much money you want to spend for either 
for what you're getting. You know, convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. What you're getting and, you know, convenience as far as stands and, you know, you could get, you could do a whole podcast on people and how anal they are about different gear, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's all in what you want to do, what you believe in and, you know, what works the best for you. So, and this, I think these upgrades for both of us, I think, uh, I, w- I shouldn't even say upgrades, like, you know, they could be upgrades, but, you know, trying new things out, I think it's going to, you know, help out, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Can't, I mean, can't hurt you. All you can decide is that it's not for you. Yep. Before we go too far, though, I do want to let everybody know that didn't listen to, la- you know, earlier podcast this week with, with Jared is that we are, you know, the fall podcast is partnered up with America's Best Bowstrings. And I'm going to let everybody know that because they've got a great product. Like Justin said earlier in this podcast is that they are made in the USA. They've got a great product and uh, go and check them out at americasbestbowstrings.com. And yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got, I think. Yeah. I mean, talking about gear, that's, you know, you, you can't drive your car without tires and you can't shoot your bow without a string. So uh, that's a very cheap investment in, in making your your bow shoot faster, look better. And, yeah, it's just an awesome partnership. I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes with the fall podcast and, and having those guys involved. So, All right, man, let's wrap this thing up. So, everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget, Monday we'll have an all-new full-length episode right here on the fall podcast. <laughs>